Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Welcome to another Smart Garden Show. Normally, I would be joined at the State Fair at our broadcast porch there, our veranda, by Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the University of Minnesota. Well, we're not there, but we certainly are here. Good morning to you, Mary, and good morning, Eric. Good morning, Denny. What a great day for some gardening projects. I guess. Eric, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how many years we've been uh, doing it at the Minnesota State Fair? Unfortunately, this is not uh, one of them this year. We still get lots of help, though, uh, especially this morning. If you uh, want to talk lawns, uh, Eric is uh, not only Mary, too, but Eric, too, uh, since Eric is joining us this morning. If you have any kind of turf questions, uh, you can either call him in or text it. And how about that, Mary? We uh, we have our phone system back in order, a little different number, not a big change. But if you have any lawn or garden question, you can call it in or text it in. Same number. That number is 651-461-9226. All right. Any ideas of how we can get uh, uh, our yards back in shape, uh, Eric and Mary, uh, This uh, after this, boy, very, very hot, dry summer? Yes, certainly record uh, heat uh, and uh, record low, low uh, water conditions. But the last few uh, days have really helped. My lawn is looking much better, my fine fescue lawn. Uh, But Eric, I'm sure you've got tips for folks about uh, what what could they do now in on their lawns? Yeah, there's been uh, I got a lot of questions at the fair at our booth uh, in the Ag Work building about this. Uh, if your lawn, if some of the some of the lawns that were uh, not looking very good, uh, if they haven't come back yet, that's probably a sign that they um, that they might not. And this is this is a good time to put some seed down uh, to start that process of repairing some of those areas and getting in, uh, getting those dead spots filled in with new grass this fall. Yeah, I uh, ordinarily don't have much luck, but uh, this uh, past week or two, I uh, prepared some. Uh, the soil on some bad spots that were bad last uh, fall didn't make it through the uh, winter too well. Plus, given this uh, season, and I've got some good grass germinating, so I'm very pleased with 
some of my handiwork. And again, this is probably a good time to do that, right? I mean, what's the what's the best window of opportunity uh, for seeding? Let's say. Yeah, most most falls. This is right right in the middle of the best window. I would say we've probably got another ten days or so that you'd want to you'd want to try to fit your seeding in before you know roughly the fifteenth of September to make sure the grass is mature enough going into winter. What would happen if uh, we we start doing a little too early dormant seeding? What 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 can the result there be if it's too early? So, yeah, dormant seeding is when you uh, put the seed down after it's uh, too cold for the seed to germinate, uh, but the ground isn't quite yet frozen. It's usually early November. If you put that seed down too early and the soil temperatures are too high, uh, the, that seed might germinate, and then it's very young going into winter. It's very susceptible to drying out and other problems that might happen. So you want to make sure if you do a dormant seed, you can wait long enough so that there's no risk of that seed germinating. It's the Smart Garden Show here on WCCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Eric Watkins from the U of M. Mary Meyer is with us, too. Mary, anything you're doing at the, in your garden or yard this time of year? Well, I'm starting to pick my Zestar apples. So lots of folks who have apples or grapes, uh, the early apples are ripe this year with the drought conditions. Sometimes they're a little bit smaller. Uh, but grapes also are uh, ripening now. Many of our tomatoes are kind of on the downside, but things like uh, cantaloupes, melons, if people did uh, water through the summer, still lots of things uh, to be harvesting um, in the garden. I'm debating whether or not I should plant a kale again, kale and lettuce. Some of our uh, cooler season crops can grow through October if we have uh, uh, a normal fall. So still lots of chores to be done in the garden. Texter says this, uh, with all this rain we've had, is it safe to put down winterizer? So the, the winterizer uh, product is usually, um, it's a fertilizer, and oftentimes the fertilizer will have potassium in it, and there's not, that's a, it's a product that's sold a lot and used a lot, but it's not always necessary. So the best, the best fertilizer practice for a home lawn would be to fertilize right now. So fertilize primarily with nitrogen uh, right now. And if you have a soil test that says you're low in phosphorus or potassium, you could use, use those as well. But the, the best fertilizer practice is to uh, put down nitrogen right about now. and get Because the, the cool season grasses that we have, Kentucky bluegrass, fine fescue, printed ryegrass, tall fescue, they're all going to be actively growing very vigorously in the next month or two, and you want to uh, feed them with some nitrogen at this time. I think Eric and Mary last, it might have been last week, maybe the week before, uh, someone sent in a text about, uh, is this a good time of year to have my lawn aerated? What do you think? And I think at the time it was pretty dry. How about now? Yeah, this is a good time. Um, fall is, is the preferred time to aerate. So if you, if you feel like your lawn uh, needs to be aerated, this is a really good time to do it. The aeration practice does, you know, does stress the grass a little bit. And so that's why we want to wait until after hot, dry conditions uh, and now early fall with these cooler, wetter conditions. It's a good time for the grass to recover from that damage. We want to wait until after hot, dry conditions uh, and now early fall with these cooler, wetter conditions. It's a good time for the grass to recover from that damage. Well, I tell you what, I know I'm being signaled to take a quick break here, so let's do that. Inviting our listeners to join in if you have uh, any kind of lawn or garden question. Uh, join in either by, fo- uh, by phone or by text. It's the same number. Yes, we have a 
an operable phone system again, 651-461-9226. So call in your lawn or garden question or certainly send in a text if that's easier. Same number. Again, 651-461-9226. Mary Meyer, Eric Watkins from the University of Minnesota helping you out this morning here on Smart Garden on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, answering your lawn and garden questions. This morning, the experts are uh, waiting for you. Eric Watkins and Mary Meyer, both from the University of Minnesota, we're talking, I guess, a perfect time of year to talk about your lawn, getting uh, the turf back in shape again. And uh, Mary and Eric, lots of callers, lots of texters. So let's uh, let's get back to it. And then I want to ask Mary about uh, certainly the Arboretum and the Apple House as well. We'll get to that in a moment or two. But Rick, calling in from Buffalo this morning. Rick, you're on CCO. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I'm calling because I've got about three and a half acres of lawn. Um, since it started raining again, it went from totally brown to green and lush in some areas. But I've got some dead spots as well as a lot of weeds. Uh, wondering if I should mow it short and put some weed killer down or leave it long and put weed killer on it or do weed and feed for fall or what's the trick on a lawn that's been through this summer? So uh, it's good good to hear that most of it came back. So what you want to do is those areas that didn't come back, you probably want to um, overseed uh, new grass seed into those areas now. Uh, in terms of the, the weed control options, yeah, it kind of depends on the weed. So if there are perennial weeds that you want to get rid of, um, let's say white clover, creeping charlie, things like that, uh, fall applications of herbicide would be okay. Uh, you might also have a lot of crabgrass or other annual weeds, and those annual weeds you wouldn't uh, do anything about right now. For instance, crabgrass you would put down preventative uh, herbicide in the spring. Okay, and I think spring. mowing height can just be, you can just go with your standard uh, mowing height at this time. Sometimes raising it up a little bit uh, uh, will reduce weed pressure a little, uh, some, so that might be one strategy you can use to deal with some of your weed problems. That's a good point about mowing now. Is there a time, uh, Eric and Mary, when we, we bring it down there, not to scalp it, but uh, it, what's the, the best rule of thumb before the snow flies? You can, you can bring it down a little bit uh, as we approach winter. So uh, the reason we do that is to reduce snow mold pressure, the snow mold disease pressure. So I would say, you know, starting sometime in mid-October, you can start to lower it a little bit. You don't have to lower it a whole lot, but you might lower it like one setting or so on your on your mower. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's one here. All right. Mary, uh, this texter says, what guidance can you provide for creating a bee lawn? Oh, a bee lawn. That's a great thing to be thinking about. We have done a lot of work on that. Eric has had uh, several students that have worked on that, and we have a lot of information up online. The easiest thing is seeding uh, white clover. Uh, White clover is a great source of food for many of our different uh, native bees. We have some other plants. There's a form of creeping thyme. This is not the culinary thyme, but it's in the same uh, genus. 
that is really quite a good long-lived plant uh, for Minnesota. And then uh, we've also done the work with one of the native plants, um, Prunella or Self-Heal. So those are the three flowers that currently we're recommending, the white clover, self-heal, and creeping thyme. So we have a lot of recommendations on seeding thyme and how to do that. Um, and then usually that's with a fine fescue, but you can have success with uh, Kentucky bluegrass as well. But, um, you know, I don't know, Eric, what do you think about seeding those flowers? We, we've had the most success with seeding them in the springtime. Um, what do you think about seeding those uh, flowers? I know fall is great for seeding any of our uh, grasses, but for the bee lawn, have you had much experience seeding in the fall? I think that, um, you know, fine fes the fine fescues, of course, you'd want to seed now, but um, a, a bee lawn mix might also be uh, seeded as a dormant seeding, and I think that takes care of some of the concerns about the, you know, the timing of establishment of some of those flowering species. So a dormant seeding or a spring seeding are both, are both options. Okay. All right, let's uh, get back to the phones. Ken is calling from Blaine this morning. Ken, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. I have a, a trumpet vine um, that I've had for several years, and this year, I, lately, I went out and looked at the vine, and I have these huge pods on the vine. Uh, they're about five inches long, and uh, and I'm wondering what those are. I've never seen them other years. So those are the seed pods. Uh, that you have now, which is a sign that the vine is really quite healthy and producing um, seed. Um, you can try to germinate those and, and uh, grow more uh, trumpet vine, but um, that's really just a normal thing and a sign of good health. So uh, congratulations, you've got a, a seeding trumpet vine. All right. This texter says, uh, I have a lawn uh, that has grown into the uh, vinca I planted around a group of three pine trees. May I spray Fertilum grass killer without hurting my vinca? Wait, okay, so I guess I'm a little confused here. They, they want to kill the grass that's in the vinca. Yes. So, yeah, so a herbicide to kill the grass would probably kill the vinca as well. So, yeah, I'm, unfortunately, you know, that's going to be something that pretty much kills everything and that will kill your vinca. So, yeah, that's kind of a tougher thing to weed out. But if I were you, I'd try to make an edging outside of that vinca so you have a distinct edge there that you can mow uh, so that the probably uh, Kentucky bluegrass rhizomes don't grow up into your vinca. Make more of a distinct edge to keep them, uh, keep the grass out. All right, let's see. Uh, Edward is calling in from Minneapolis uh, this morning. Edward, thank you. What is your question? Hi, good morning. I have extensive grub damage in my front yard. I was hoping that my grass um, was in dormancy, but after looking at it and pulling it up, I have grubs. So um, I've removed the grass, and I'm wondering if there's a grub killer that I can put down now and then put down seeding now and then try a preventative uh, grub killer in the spring. Is there something that I can do now so the grubs won't go after the new grass that I plant? 
Yeah, so I uh, this this is something I think is happening a fair bit where we're getting you know people um, have a situation where the grass is dormant, but then it's not coming back. There could be other things going on. In your case, it's scrub damage. So this this time of year is a good time to control those grubs. They're close to the surface and they're not too big yet. They haven't. They're you know they only recently um, uh, uh, were laid. Uh, the eggs were recently laid by the uh, by the uh, Japanese beetles and other uh, similar insects. So. This is a good time to apply the, the products to take care of the white grubs. Just be really careful to use label uh, label directions, and that should help out quite a bit. Um, and then, of course, if you if you still think you have a problem in the spring, spring is also a time when that can be done. All right, let's see. Texter says uh, variegated hostas were split in the spring and are now a solid color. What happened? I've always had small variegated hostas in the area. Yeah, we do see this quite a bit with hostas. There's a lot of what are called chimeras and then mutations. And this is one of the reasons we have like, what, 6,000 different kinds of hostas, because there is such a lot of uh, change with their genetic makeup, especially with divisions. Uh, So I would say um, if you really want the variegated ones, you just have to go back to the garden center, purchase them, or just be very carefully when you're dividing them. Uh, As they're younger and uh, you're dividing them, um, try not to do so much cutting actually in the roots, but just more separating live plants. Uh, I know that's difficult to talk about without visually seeing it, but... um, that, that reversion is not that uncommon. All right, tell you what, let's do this. Let's have a look at that forecast. Then we come back, we'll have about another half hour of the show to go. It's called Smart Garden. And if you have a lawn or garden question for Mary or Eric, 651-461-9226. That's the new number for either your text question or your phone call here on Smart Garden. On News Talk A30, this is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions. Well, as usual, uh, Mary, we always like to ask you about what's going on at the uh, Arboretum. And again, I do believe the Apple House is open. Yes, indeed it is, Denny. The Apple House is open. It's open every day from 10 to 6 and you can call the number and find out exactly what apples are uh, for sale. Right now, the early apples, uh, wonderful University of Minnesota introductions, uh, Zestar and Sweet Tango are for sale. There's also local grapes and squash that are at the Apple House as well. So the Apple House is just beyond the Arboretum at the intersection of Rolling Acres Road and Highway 5. There's a traffic light there, and you just take a right, and the Apple House is right there. So the Apple House is uh, separate from the Arboretum. You don't need a ticket, or there is no admission to get into the Apple House. And again, you can call the phone number that's on the website and find out exactly what's available if you do decide to go into the Arboretum, it is uh, tickets, ticketed admission. There are tickets available um, every day, uh, every hour of the day, including today. So you could go uh, today, just uh, get your tickets um, 
a reserve time if you're a member um, online. There is a wonderful uh, glass pumpkin exhibit right now with 10 different artists that are blowing glass in the shape of pumpkins that um, you can see it's a show and sale that's available uh, this weekend. It's a wonderful thing to see. And the bee center is now open again. So you could always visit the farm at the Arb, but the, the bee center building is now open as well. So lots to do this fall at the Arboretum. You're going to love it if it's your first visit. I know you'll be back. 651-461-9226 is our phone number. It's also our text number. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Mary or Eric, Call it in or text it in. And we have a bunch of both. Let's go back to the phones. Bonnie, I believe, has been waiting there in New Germany to ask you a question. Thanks for waiting, Bonnie. What is your question? Good morning. I am just wondering if it's still okay to pick rhubarb and use it. I've heard that it shouldn't be picked after July. Is it detrimental to the plant? And is it okay to eat yet? Yes, Bonnie, you can pick rhubarb any time of the year. I'm not sure why people uh, think that uh, it, the only thing is if you picked it and picked all the leaves off, you'd really weaken the plant because it does need its leaves to produce um, sugars and so on to store to be healthy for next year. So many people just pick it in the springtime. My rhubarb is looking pretty sad and sorry because it I didn't water it. And um, there's, it's not as vigorous as it should be. So I'm not picking mine. But if you have plenty of uh, leaves on it, uh, of course, it's a petiole that we eat. Yes, go ahead and harvest that. Okay. Eric, this uh, text came in a bit ago. It says, how late into this year can new sod be installed? So sod is quite forgiving on date of installation. So, you know, You'll, you'll see sod go down all the way through October, probably into November, especially Kentucky, Kentucky bluegrass sod, which is you know 95% of the sod that's available. Uh, you can pretty much put down any time, and uh, it'll be fine. The earlier, the better. You know, the more time, the more time you have for those roots to develop this fall, the the better off you are. But you you can sod for quite a while yet. What's the secret of success with sod? Is just to make sure it's well watered. I would imagine. Right, making sure it's. Sometimes when, when sod gets applied, uh, there's this tendency to not, not think it needs as much care. But early on uh, in the establishment period, it still needs to get watered and fertilized. And you want to really promote the, the growth of the roots. So making sure that uh, it gets watered during the establishment period is really important. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Marianne is calling from uh, Stillwater this morning. Marianne, thank you for uh, your question. What is it uh, this morning? yard that we inherited that's in pretty dire straits as far as the lawn wondering if we should just start over kill the grass throw down new um, black dirt and start over please advise so um it it, it depends on a couple of factors if this I, I would recommend getting a soil test um, sending a soil test a soil sample into the university of minnesota soil testing lab and and see what the see what that comes back uh, and says. If your soil is in decent shape, I don't think there's a need to add uh, any additional soil. Um, but if your if your lawn is in really bad shape, the easiest thing to do is to kill it off completely. So use a broad spectrum herbicide like glyphosate or Roundup uh, and kill it off, and then 
begin the process and seed right into that. So you can till it up and then seed into it, or you could also uh, slit seed into the uh, existing dead turf that you have after you kill off your lawn. Now would be a good time to do it. It, it very well could be that you're not prepared to do it in the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is something that also could be done uh, as a dormant seeding, so you could uh, kill your vegetation soon uh, and then uh, do a dormant seeding like I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, maybe in early November. Eric, what can you do about dead spots that you know are not coming back in your lawn? Can you rake those uh, those spots out of there and then maybe you know apply some uh, good soil and seed? Or what do you think? Yes, that's the easiest thing to do. So rake up those dead spots. The key thing before you put the seed down, you want to create a situation where you have good seed to soil contact. So usually raking with a metal tying rake will do that. So rake it up, get that surface raked up, and then drop the seed into that so that the seed has good contact with the soil, and then put a little fertile, starter fertilizer down and make sure that area stays moist during the growing period. Very good. Mary, here's one. Uh, coffee grounds and eggshells for hostas, should I apply now or wait until spring? Are th- those both a good idea? What do you think about that? Yes, you can put those down. Uh, we have done some work at the Arboretum with uh, coffee grounds as well. Uh, coffee grounds seem to repel slugs, and eggshells, of course, are gritty and hard, and slugs don't like to crawl over those. So those uh, sources of, of organic matter as well as uh, kind of a repellent for slugs. Slugs uh, now are probably very happy to have more moist conditions since we've got uh, some rainfall. But, yes, you can you can put those down anytime around hosta. This texter says, I have some two-year-old grass seed stored in the garage. Can I still use it, or is it too old to use? It was um, in a dry place. So are two-year-old grass seed in a garage? Eric, what do you think? Uh, it's probably okay to use, but I would imagine the germination percentage has gone down a fair bit from what it originally was. Uh, so it might be a good idea to um, check some of that seed, do a little germination test uh, where it just plants out some of the seeds and see if they germinate uh, on you know, like a moist, to- moist paper towel or something. Um, but the, the main thing you'd want to do with older seed like that is to, um, you're going to have to up your seeding rates to account for the, account for the fact that it's probably has lower germination. Um, it just points to a fact that it's really important not to store your seed in really hot places. And sometimes that, that happens. Uh, people have lost their seed and they store it in really hot conditions and, the consequence of that is that you're going to have reduced germination and you're going to have more dead seed than you had before. If you're just joining us, Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the U of M uh, helping you out this morning on our Smart Garden Show. Uh, this lawn question says it's full of mounded holes that appear to be filled with ants. Help, please. Yeah, I don't know if I have a good uh, recommendation for homeowners for ant control in a lawn. Um, there are resources online that you can that you can look into, but I don't have any off the top of my head. Um, sometimes a lot of that activity will uh, cause some um, uh, cause the, the lawn to be kind of bumpy. So you know, after the you know, if there's things that are done to to take care of the ant population a little bit, um, you know, rolling the lawn might help uh, deal with some of that unevenness. But I'm not sure about a good a good, easy solution for homeowners to get rid of ants in a lawn on a large scale like that. Okay. Uh, does liquid, I've never heard of this, does liquid aeration work? What is that? 
So that's referring to um, the shooting of streams of water into the soil rather than pulling out plugs of soil. And it works uh, quite well, and it's used on um, golf greens in some cases. So it's something that we don't see used in home lawns very often, but it does work. It's, it's something that I, I wouldn't think you would use in a home lawn situation primarily because the equipment is quite expensive and probably uh, something that the home uh, general homeowner's not going to have access to. Mm. But it does work uh, quite well, and it's the same idea as airification. It's just using water to make the holes Interesting. Uh, instead of those uh, tines. This uh, text says, uh, last year the lilac hedge was attracted by the blight. Uh, this spring the lilac seemed fine, but now the blight is back. Is it time to replace perhaps uh, Technic Arbovita or other choices? What do you think, Mary? Well, you could try that. I, I have seen, um, I don't know, I would have to say like majority, 80, 90% of the lilac problems we saw last year did not come back this year. But if this person has a, a lilac uh, plant or a hedge that is still uh, very weak, it could be a case where that plant is really uh, almost dead and uh could should be replaced um lilacs have such a long great history with us and they like cool weather so i'm i'm hesitant to say don't plant any lilacs because for the most part they're still a great uh, shrub for us but yes in this case you might try something totally different um an arborvita some of the viburnums uh dogwoods other of our hardy uh plants that uh would do well Okay. i tell you what, let's grab a phone call before we take a break. I think John is calling in uh, from Richfield this morning. John, uh, good morning. What can we do for you? Uh, we enjoy the show. Uh, with the drought conditions we've had this this morning, John, uh, good morning. What can we do for you? Uh, we enjoy the show. Uh, with the drought conditions we've had this summer, should we aerate and uh, reseed uh, this September? Yes, this is a good time. So if you have areas that were damaged, uh, this is a good time. And the the use of aeration as a way to create some of that seed-to-soil contact is a, is a really good one. Uh, so aerification followed by some overseeding in the next week or so uh, would be a good idea. All right, very good. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a break. We have more calls, more texts to help out this morning on our Smart Garden Show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. This morning on our Smart Garden Show, Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the University of Minnesota helping you out. Uh, more lawn and garden questions. Boy, we've got more than we have time here. But let's uh, let's get back to the phones. Darla is calling in from Plymouth this morning. Thanks, Darla. What's your question, please? Hello. I have some large maple trees that have shaded the grass, so I plan to reseed. And I'm wondering, um, I have a really bad problem with squirrels eating the bark off all the trees. So I'm wondering, do will they also eat the grass seed? And, and I don't know what to do to prevent the squirrels from doing this. I, I doubt well, first, it's... Go ahead, Eric. Uh, for the first part of your question on the, on the grasses that you would use under a tree, uh, the fine fescues are really good. Uh, for vegetative shade like that, so 
um, when you when you look for seed to um, to replace some of the existing uh, areas that you're having problems with, look for fine fescues. And I was going to say, I, I doubt if the squirrels are going to eat grass seed. You know, I'm a little hesitant on this now because I've seen squirrels eat an amazing number of things on my property. But normally we don't think they go after grass seed. They can come to my house and eat all the acorns. Holy mackerel. <laughs> I must have moved 80 pounds of uh, acorns and just, you know, it's like a grain of sand in the beach. Um Mary, uh, here's one. It says, uh, I have a beautiful mandevilla that is still blooming like crazy. Can I overwinter it indoors and put it out next summer? Yes, you can try to do that. I think many people actually do that. It just requires quite a bit of sun, a south window, west window, and you keep it actively growing all uh, winter long. So good luck. You can try it. Okay. Uh, sage bush question. My sage bush plant is three years old. It would uh, fall down to the yard if it were not held up by fencing. Is this a variety that will never stand on its own? Ah, uh, what is this plant? So sage, sage bush. bush. So sage is a is a um, uh, kind of a common name that's very common. So this might be Artemisia or the sagebrush, the tumbleweed that is common throughout the Midwest. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what plant this um, uh, person has, but it sounds like it's not standing up on its own. Uh, but that's, that's the real question. What is this plant? So that, I, I'm sorry, without more information, I can't tell. But I would say pruning might help if you give it support. And if it's a perennial form of artemisia or sage, pruning can, uh, it won't hurt it, but it will help it be shorter and stockier. You know, we should mention, uh, before I get too far adrift here, is the University of Minnesota website. Such a great resource. Yes, extension.umn.edu. We talked about that when we were, well, we, we didn't really give the URL, though, for the bee lawn, for bee lawns or fall seeding, things to do in your garden, our yard and garden news. Yeah, lots of information at extension.umn.edu, and then click on garden. Is it, uh, Eric and Mary, too late in the year for a uh, soil test? Uh, should one wait till next spring, or what do you think of, of sending in for a, to- a soil test? This is a this is a fine fine late. time to do. Oh, this is yeah, this is a fine time for a soil test. In fact, you know when you're when you're seeding, it's a good time to figure out what your uh, soil deficiencies are. And um, any time is fine during the growing season. Okay. Uh, good morning. This text says, sent pictures to one of your master gardeners. She said, our grass has, quote, brown patch disease caused by a fungus. My question is, texter says, since it was a crazy year, will it come back next year, do you think? So uh, if it was, so there's several diseases that could cause um, brown patches. There is one called brown patch. So if it was brown patch, that'll, that'll come back, no problem. There are some diseases, though, where the damage could be severe enough that it won't come back. So there's one that we see sometimes on Kentucky bluegrass called summer patch. Uh, and summer patch could have been a problem this year with the higher temperatures. We saw a little bit of it here and there. Uh, and that would be one where it could kill the grass. If it was a larger patch, you might uh, want to throw some seed down into those areas 
uh, for next year. Um, and with these patch diseases, oftentimes um, they are more problematic when the roots are stressed. So uh, aerification, making sure there's good uh, aerification uh, and water movement in the soil is a good uh, strategy to help with that. Okay. There's a question, a rhubarb question, Mary. Is this a good time to transplant rhubarb? Yes, you can transplant rhubarb pretty much any time that uh, any time in the growing season, spring or fall. Uh, it's got a, quite a big root system, so uh, I would prepare the hole where you're going to put it before you go and dig the plant up, and then water it till well afterwards. Here's a listener that's just about ready to give up on having a lawn. And their question is, any suggestions for what to do to get grass to thrive and what type of grass in a yard that has hardly any grass? Lots of mud when it rains, a large oak tree and a large walnut tree, and then and a couple of dogs ready to give up. Uh, how, can, how can we help that listener? It sounds like a pretty uh, tough sight, but for people who get you know, are getting frustrated with their lawns because they have to spend a lot of time trying to get them to grow. A lower input grass would be your best bet. Uh, once again, the fine fescues would be uh, the best thing to try in this lawn. Uh, there's a, The fine fescues are a group of grasses, hard fescues, strong red fescue, chewing fescue would be the three primary ones that we would use. But they're good in the shade, as I mentioned earlier, and they also grow very slowly. Um, so someone who is frustrated with lawn care uh, might appreciate uh, that attribute. So in a lawn like that, I think that's something to try. Um, it does get to be challenging when there's a lot of a lot of traffic on the lawn, uh, dogs and things like that. So, um, But in terms of a, a grass that's going to do well on low inputs and under shade trees, uh, fine fescues are the, best, are the best thing to try. Okay. Yeah, I would just like to add that you know, you you might want to really consider how much you need to have grass growing in that area. If it's really uh, compacted, you've got dog traffic or people traffic, you might want to think about putting down a mulch, uh, some type of a shredded bark mulch or something like that, that um, really will um, be less maintenance in the long run. If you really don't have to have grass growing, you could also think of a ground cover uh, in that area. But most ground covers cannot take traffic. Grass is a wonderful uh, plant, a living plant that can take the traffic. Uh, let's see. We have time. We have a couple of minutes to go on the show. When should I prune my large patio roses? Well. Uh, I I was thinking about pruning some of my roses right now, taking off the uh, uh, seed heads because some of our shrub roses will bloom well into the fall. So you can do some light pruning now. Majority of pruning for roses is done in early spring, just as they're starting to grow, removing any of the dead growth. But the only thing I would prune off now would be some of the seed heads uh, that previously previous blooms so that it might bloom again. All right. Well, we've got the less than the 60 seconds to go. I want to thank Eric Watkins and Mary Meyer from the U of M. It's too bad we couldn't have been at the uh, state fair because I was, I was planning on buying you guys uh, both some uh, Tom Thumb donuts, but I guess we'll have to wait uh, till uh, next year. Next so. year, Denny. I'll take you up on that. All right. Al- always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Eric, always great to talk to you. It's hard to believe it's been a couple of years now since we uh, were together at the fairgrounds. But uh, listen, we'll do this again next uh, next year one way or the other. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Mary. 
and uh, get on. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, get on the web and uh, check out the university website, extension.umn.edu. You, you have so much information there. And join us again next week for more Smart Garden here on CCO. Cloudy this morning. Gradual clearing with highs near 75. I'd like to mention, too, that get those home improvement questions ready. Andy Lindis will be answering those very questions next hour here on 830-WCC. We're going to see sunshine? Yeah, we hope to today. 75 the high today, 74 with sun tomorrow. Labor Day sunny near 78. Right now on CCO Overcast, our current temperature reading 62 degrees. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.